Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Hi, this is Helly in the future, coming in to edit and check over this episode. I actually recorded this episode several months ago, and I didn't put it out before because when talking about extreme hunger, it's one of those topics that some people find helpful, other people less so, and it's one where I was always just a little bit wary. I didn't want to upset or trigger, in inverted commas, anybody. But listening to it again, I think it's okay. And a few people again have asked me for more information about my experiences of extreme hunger and extreme hunger eating. So I thought, well, okay, I'm going to put it out there and let people listen. Obviously, you're an adult listening to this. You're responsible for you you do what you need to do in terms of what's going to help you, what's not going to help you, whether you listen to the episode or not. The other thing to say about it is that I made this episode quite a long time before I did this series of podcast episodes on hunger, so I didn't actually link back to those hunger episodes that I've done more recently. Therefore, if you do want to know more about hunger in general, There are some other episodes in the series now on how hunger manifests in recovery, what to do if you don't think you have much hunger in recovery, and some of the neurobiology of hunger. So look those up on the podcast series if that interests you. And otherwise, I'll let you listen to this episode. Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly, I'm an eating disorder recovery coach working with people in recovery from eating disorders and disordered eating. I've recently been asked if I would put something together about more of my experiences of eating when I had that intense extreme hunger that, you know, we often speak about in eating disorder recovery circles and that so many people going through recovery really struggle with when it does inevitably hit them. It can be quite terrifying when it does hit and it can be overwhelming when you get that insatiable hunger and you just don't know how much food you can possibly consume to satisfy it. For any person coming out of a state of having under-eaten for a period of time, for whatever reason that might have been, they're likely to experience much higher hunger levels than their normal hunger for a while because their brain and body will drive them to eat more to make up for the deficit in energy that they've created in the time that they weren't eating. Assuming that they do respond to this higher level of hunger by eating more food for as long as needed, their body will re-establish a state of energy balance and their hunger cues will switch back to whatever their natural hunger levels usually are. But the hunger that comes when a person is in a state of energy deficit through under-eating can be very, very high. And for someone who's not been used to eating much food for a lengthy amount of time, as is the case for a lot of people with restrictive eating disorders, 
That hunger, when it does set in, as they tentatively start to eat more in recovery, can be alarming and really quite overwhelming. So we often speak about mental and physical hunger in eating disorder recovery and the way in which the mental hunger a person experiences can be powerful and intense, especially when they embark on recovery, even if their physical hunger is actually very low or even non-existent. And it can even be that they have really high mental hunger even when they physically feel absolutely stuffed to the brim with food. So the extreme hunger experienced in eating disorder recovery can therefore manifest, for some, as purely mental hunger, with only little or no physical hunger whatsoever. And when we're talking about the mental hunger, this presents as always thinking about food, always wondering if you're hungry, considering whether you should eat something now or later, looking at food, shopping for food without actually eating it, looking up recipes or perhaps watching others eat. All these mental hunger symptoms of are of a brain that's trying desperately to guide someone to eat food. If your brain is constantly creating food thoughts or food ideas, then your brain is saying, I'm hungry. It's probably saying we're coming from a place of starvation and we need to be fed. So please, please, I'm creating all these food thoughts. I'm guiding you to look at food. I'm guiding you towards recipes because actually I just want to eat the food. And this mental hunger is a form of pure extreme hunger. And as I said, this can be all that the person has with only low or no physical hunger, as physically their stomach is still struggling to process all the food that the body needs. But as they eat more and more and more, the belly does eventually catch up and will easily start to process all the food that it needs. Extreme hunger though, at its most extreme, is both mental and physical. This is when you can't switch off food thoughts for love nor money and they are driving you insane. You can't sleep for thinking about food and at the same time, no amount of food that you consume ever feels enough for your stomach or for your mind. At its most extreme, the stomach and belly can feel like a little furnace that just immediately grabs hold of and engulfs any food that you put in it. You can keep adding more and more and more, but it just never ever feels like enough. And if you do reach a point, having consumed amounts of food that an Olympic eater would be proud of, of finally feeling not just physically, but also mentally satiated. And so you think to yourself, phew, okay, I'm gonna go to bed now as I can't imagine being hungry again at all for days. And just as you fall into that happy, contented, satiated food coma in your bed, within an hour or two, your brain and body have woken you up again to say, feed me, feed me, feed me. And so it starts all over again. And that's what extreme hunger can be like, on and on and on, just never feeling like you can satiate the hunger that's both mental, physical, 
So yes, the hunger in recovery can be very extreme, but unless you follow it and respond, you are effectively still restricting as you're not eating to your hunger, which also means that you are inevitably just dragging out your recovery process. So it's really key in recovery to get brave enough to no matter how high your hunger goes, no matter how much food it drives you to want to eat, to just trust it, trust the hunger, go with it. Coming back to the whole point of this episode in the first place, I was asked to talk about my experiences of recovery eating and extreme hunger eating. And although I've described something of how I experienced extreme hunger, which the description I've just provided was exactly my experience of it, I've not said anything about my experience of managing it and responding to it. And to be honest with you, I hesitate usually to provide detailed information about my recovery eating and exactly what that looked like, because although I'm aware that some people would find that helpful and inspiring, for others it can also be unhelpful and can lead to comparisons, which are never appropriate because all our bodies are different, just as everybody's recovery is very different. So in an attempt to be helpful, but not to encourage comparison, I'm going to try and provide some more generalised truths about the recovery eating I went through as I navigated those days of extreme hunger. So for me, eating experiences with extreme hunger looked like eating huge meals several times a day and lots more huge snacks between those meals, actually probably meal-sized snacks very often, and a lot more snacks than the traditional three that are too often misguidedly prescribed in treatment. It was also eating a huge and terrifying meal after a day of non-stop eating, knowing that even the enormity of this meal still wouldn't touch the sides, while others who were there as well would eat a fraction of it and say that they couldn't eat another thing. And situations like that, feeling like you were the real weirdo, I suppose, at the table, become the new normal. Just accept it. You are a hungry furnace. Other people are not hungry furnaces. You might be the weirdo at the table at the moment. Who cares? Embrace it. Eat the food. It could also sometimes be crying with frustration over what to eat because of just that certain knowledge that no matter what it was or how much of it I ate, it just would never ever be enough. But while also knowing on the other hand that for recovery, I had to keep eating and keep going until I did find that point of being satisfied, even if that satisfaction only lasted for a short while at a time. And it can be quite a distressing process sometimes. It could look like eating a whole giant-sized tube of Smarties immediately after having a large whole pizza, huge ice cream sundaes and quarter of a tub of Quality Street, and feeling increasingly sick while I push these Smarties down, but somehow still mentally compelled to finish them all. It was frequently eating large coffee shop buttered bacon crusty rolls with milky lattes after a big breakfast before lunch, and between other morning snacks of things like big blueberry muffins and pan au raisin and delicious things like that. 
With extreme hunger, I would always have large chocolate bars and other dense snacks in my bag in the car so I could just grab them and eat them wherever I was and no matter what I was doing. And not because they were part of a meal or a specific snack, but just because my body needed food most of the time and if I was out and about and I needed to grab something, I had it to hand and I could stuff it down my throat to keep me going until I was able to be in another space where I could get a lot more food. Extreme hunger eating was things like eating giant sized baked cookies by the multi-pack as just part of the afternoon's eating. It was having a large dinner in the evening with three large desserts, big bowls of cereal afterwards, donuts, waffles and full fat Greek yogurt and then lots of chocolate before bed and then waking up a couple of hours later hungry again. If I went to coffee shops for morning snacks or afternoon snacks, I'd often end up doing a coffee shop crawl as the hunger would be intense after the big bakery item and frappuccino in the first coffee shop. So I would then move on immediately to the coffee shop next door for more paninis, cakes, muffins, cookies. And you know, I like to spread my custom around. So I didn't always stay in the same coffee shop to do that, but there was a lot of coffee shop crawling in a very short amount of time. But then at other times, it was like almost feeling afraid to leave the house because my hunger was so intense and I didn't want to be away from food access for any length of time. And during those times of extreme hunger, there were days that I wanted to be out and eating every food in every coffee shop and restaurant, but also days when I felt quite depressed and definitely exhausted and drained by recovery and the, you know, the hunger I had. And so I just wanted to curl up in the house with loads of food, often needing a good cry while I ate copious amounts, felt the confusion it was all causing, and yet forced myself to keep going with eating and also resting. When really in extreme hunger eating, meals became almost a laughable notion, particularly if they were to be labelled as breakfast, lunch and dinner, because there were more meals in the day and evening than just three, and social eating norms would have been so restrictive and constricting if they really were to have been kept to when I was in that extreme hunger eating phase. Thinking about shopping as well when going through extreme hunger, after years of restriction when supermarket trips were sacred experiences of looking at lots of the foods, but then either leaving with nothing or only buying my usual restrictive and safe options, Suddenly everything was an option, but nothing felt that it would be enough. With extreme hunger, the world of opportunity in the supermarket immediately becomes immense. And yet even though I now filled my trolley with dense and yummy foods that I would never usually let myself buy, I found that I would have to return again the next day because I'd have already eaten all the food I bought yesterday. And yes, like others report, extreme hunger eating does look like eating cereal by big bowl after big bowl, biscuits and cookies by the packet, family-sized bags of crisps, more bread in a day than you might ever think a human could consume, more chocolate in an hour than you might ever think a human could consume, as well as big energy-dense drinks on top of the eating, just because you can now, because you're eating that much food, what 
is there to be scared of anymore with calorie-dense drinks as well. So what the feck, quite frankly. And eating all that, all the while having a belly that is like an internal furnace that will take all this food in and burn it up in seconds, then start demanding more. And some of you listening to this are probably going to be quite scared, and I don't want to make this episode to scare anybody. And some of you listening to this are going to say, but hang on a minute, isn't this binging? All of the above might sound to you like it is eating that has become completely out of control. You might be thinking that this is a person who is binging and has flipped from one type of eating disorder, like anorexia, into binge eating disorder. There is a very complicated answer to that, which I'm not going to go into here, but ultimately the truth is that no. This is eating disorder recovery eating, and finally letting yourself eat the extreme hunger you're going through at this stage of your recovery process. You will not have this hunger level forever. Your body does not want or need you to consume this level of food for the rest of your days, but it does at the point in time in which it is coming out of what is very likely years of a malnourished state left by a restrictive eating disorder. So where you're asking the question, will you end up obese if you follow this hunger? Well, if you do end up in a larger body that's considered obese by BMI chart, then it will be because that is the body shape and size that is right for your body and your set point weight. And this is where embracing body diversity is a key thing to be able to do. But ultimately, respond to all your mental and physical hunger, no matter how out of control or extreme it feels or how high and wacky it takes you with your eating. And your body will learn to trust you to feed it when it asks for food. Then when your body is at the weight it is happiest at to function well, and for you to live your life with the most mental freedom you can have too, your body will just stop gaining and will stop sending those crazy hunger signals. And you will tick along in your life without the eating disorder-driven mind games and the eating disorder-driven fears, and with a body that still needs a really good amount of food to sustain you in your day-to-day living, but not a completely crazy amount of food. And I always say embrace the extreme hunger when it kicks in in your recovery. As when you can, it will not only nutritionally enable you to heal faster, but also allow your brain to overcome those fears more rapidly and ultimately push you into whole new recovery positive brain pathways and brain networks that are key to rewiring in recovery as well. I always say to people that extreme hunger can be your golden ticket to recovery if you are super brave and decide to follow it. This is where you learn what food your body needs to give it those foods and to understand that no amount of food, no matter how much that is, is going to kill you. No amount of food, no matter how high it is, is going to kill you, not like the eating disorder would if it's allowed to fester in your life. 
if you can follow your extreme hunger in recovery and learn to trust your body and the signals it sends you, that is going to take you such a long way in your recovery and being able to trust your body and follow its hunger signals in your future and as your hunger begins to slowly normalise with your recovery process. So I hope that has helped some of you. I hope it hasn't sent anybody off into a crazy spiral of anxiety. Extreme hunger can be extreme, but it's okay, it's safe. It's what needs to happen very often for people in recovery. And if you follow it, it will take you to your recovery. I'm Heli, I'm an eating disorder recovery coach. If you want to find out more about me, you'll find me on helibarnes.com. And otherwise, I will speak to you again very, very soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.